take me a while to feel comfortable with this thing. Hey yo, welcome back to Ink Pulp Audio there. Oh, uh, excuse me. I got a belly full of tacos. And it's putting me into a food coma, so my energy's a little low. I gotta kick it up. Yeah, I had a whole... Whoa, did you hear that? That's what I need to avoid. I'm talking directly into the mic. Alright, sit back here. I had a whole bunch of shit to talk about this week. What the fuck was I going to talk about? Don't you like how prepared I am? I just hit record and just throw myself into the deep water. And I'm drowning here. You want to throw me a lifeline, please? Um, well, I I've done it. I told you a few months ago that I did a little self-inventory. And I realized, I didn't realize, I, I looked at where I was and where I want to be and said, here's what I got to do to get there because I'm not where I want to be and I hadn't been steering the ship very well. And now I'm steering it. And uh, I've got an idea that I've been dying to do for many, many years down with a writer who I've been a fan of long before I was even in this business. And together, he took my idea and tweaked it, made it cohesive, made it better. And we have pitched it. And if this pitch is accepted, it's going to be solid five or six years worth of work on a book that I love that I feel invested in and um, that's good that's good so I'm just waiting right now I think we have a conference call next week with the editor to see what's what they're intrigued I don't know what that means from here uh, questions want to be asked maybe changes need to be made but I would like to find a way to do this. Even if this publisher says no, I'd like to find a way to do this. And I don't think with this writer behind it, it'll be hard. What'll be hard is figuring out how to financially make it a reality. But I'm not there yet. If this publisher takes it, that won't be a problem. La-di-da. La-di-da. So, today, Sean Murphy's back on the podcast. This is another two-parter we recorded, because once Sean and I get talking, we can't shut the fuck up. So we've got uh, part one today. This was recorded while at Boston Comic-Con in my room, and I th we were drinking a little bit. It was a good conversation. So the, this month, I believe, is when his Batman book comes out. This podcast will come out on October 1st. And I believe Batman White Knight comes out on October 4th. So uh, we do talk about that, but that's mainly in the next episode. We talk about it a little bit here. 
But mainly, Sean's got some shit to get off his chest, as do I, so we, we get into that. Uh, last month, I kind of, on my intro, went on a little bit of a tear about Charlottesville and the president's reaction to it. And I, I mean, I, I don't want to get, this isn't about politics, I guess is my point. This isn't about conservative or liberal. And, and if you're getting sucked into that, then you're getting sucked into the rhetoric. That is, that's the danger. Because I had a conservative friend post something the other day about, it was, uh, this guy's name is The Political Cowboy. I believe he has a YouTube channel. And he just went off on a tear about how anybody who's right of, anyone who's conservative or, or right-minded, not, not, not right-wrong-minded, but right-left-minded, anyone who's right-left-right-minded, um, is now labeled a Nazi. And he went on this whole rant about how liberals and Jews call everyone Nazis now. And I think that's unfair. And I think that's part of the problem. But my conservative friend posted this thinking it was hilarious. And I don't think it's hilarious. Uh, he made some false equivalencies and he made some wrong comparisons. Nazis are uh, dangerous now. No, we're not in Germany, but if you study, I'm not saying we're going to Nazi Germany either, but if you study Nazi Germany as every Jewish person has had to in Hebrew school in their life, you see how it started. And you're seeing some of that here now, and that's scary. And that's what people need to understand. This is scary. And, and the president's response was, was that it was both sides. And I just, I think that's, it just gives, it emboldens, here I go again, it emboldens the hate groups. It emboldens the racists, it emboldens the Nazis, and it gives these people a platform to believe that they're doing something just because the president is behind them. And even though he denounces it one day and goes off the other day, he's, He's a morally bankrupt human being. He's just a fucking lunatic. I d All right, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do it. My point was that conservative or liberal, it doesn't fucking matter. There, there's something different at play here, and it's not political. And to let the president... And the media sway you to take sides. They're dividing us. And I, look, I'm not an extreme liberal. I'm left of center. If anything, I've come to know that about myself through all this craziness. The extreme left is fucking nuts. And the extreme right is nuts. And then you have these crazy white supremacists coming out. Uh, it's just a crazy time. It's just fucking nuts. I don't know where to go with this. I, I just saw this on Facebook and I wanted to respond. They're all, uh, her and all her conservative friends are all laughing at it. And it's it's upsetting. If you watched that episode of Vice I told you about, Vice Today, episode 181, just it opens up with hundreds of white males with torches 
screaming, basically, get the Jews out of here. And that shit's fucking scary. And that even if you're a conservative, I, I would believe you could see that scary. And you could empathize with how others might feel in seeing this. But, again, I think it's ignorance at play here. I don't know. I'm not going to go on a tangent again. It's just fucked up. What we're living through is just fucked up. I have a very close friend going through some very hard times, too. So if I'm in a funky mood, that that's part of it. Life is fucking tough, man. We all have our challenges, and it's not fucking easy, and it, and it sucks, but we got to find something... I mean, it's hard. I'm, I feel like I'm fighting a good place with my career. And I'm watching one of my closest friends go through something so fucking difficult. And it makes me feel really shitty. To, no, it doesn't make me feel shitty. I just, I don't like to see it. I don't like to see someone I know and care about in pain. But I guess that's life, right? We all have our things. Um, yeah, so um, I don't know. I don't have much else to say. That's about it. Why waste your time, right? Uh, I do want to thank everyone. It, it seems that the podcast is growing at a nice rate right now. Like it's really picked up. I think once I started this little awareness campaign, I, our numbers have doubled within a month and that that's fucking incredible so thank you all to everyone who's listening i'm, I'm hearing a lot more on social media uh, i'm hearing people reaching out to me tell me they just discovered it and they really enjoyed it and that's great and i really appreciate that um i am gearing up for a, a patreon launch in january and i hope uh everyone can find a way to subscribe to one of the tiers and i will have a very low tier and like I said, I'm going to say this a few times just because I, I need to promote this, but this podcast has been free. We're uh, nearing episode 70 or at episode 70, and I've been doing this for a good, I think probably four or five years now, maybe four, maybe, no, well, maybe, maybe five, yeah, um, and uh, I love doing it. I just reached a point where it's very difficult to keep doing. And if I can turn this into some income, it, it changes the game for me. It allows me to do like right now I'm treating it as if the income is coming in. So it's a little tricky right now, but I'm doing this because I believe it is going to, it's going to do okay. So just if you like the podcast and you just want to support it, that's how. And I'll, I don't know what the lowest tier will be. Maybe it'll be $3 a month. That's $36 a year. If you could just get involved, it will allow me to keep doing this and allow me to, to expand and, and grow this like I want to. Um, so thank you to everyone. And, and just think about that. That Patreon's going to be coming in a few months. So uh, please get involved. And check me out, Ink Pulp, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. 
And thanks for listening. Let's get into it with Sean Murphy on Ink Pulp Audio. Okay, we're recording. All right, then. All right, so the first time we did this, that was the first time we had bourbon? Yeah, I was reaching out and broadening her eye horizons. And I looked to uh, Big Brother Sean Crystal in San Diego, and you're <laughs> like, oh, let's try bourbon while we record. And I, we went to the store, and I picked out old granddad, and I'm like, is this pretty good? And you were like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. And I know now enough about bourbon where it is not fine. Wait, I never <laughs> said old granddad was fine. Maybe you thought I was holding up a Woodford or something. <laughs> but to this day, when I see old granddad, I think, why did Sean let me think that that was a good bourbon? That's terrible. We didn't drink old granddad. I might have. Maybe I bought it for myself for the hotel. Or yeah. I, I don't I, know. Yeah. Yeah. Point is, you, I had Woodford in the room. <laughs> I, I should have drank that. You did. That's what we drank. <laughs> you made me drink shitty old granddad. No, I did not. There's no way I did. <laughs> All right, that. we're starting this over. <laughs> oh, you're gonna hear a lot of glass. Dude, you couldn't. I couldn't drink old granddad on ice. <sighs> yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, maybe I made it up. Maybe I'm misremembering no, I everything. Think, I think here's my guess. Uh-huh. We had bourbon, and I wasn't. And it wasn't specific on telling you what it was. Right. You're like, that was good. I'm going to go get some bourbon. Maybe I went out without you being, you checking with me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You weren't there to be like, no, son. <laughs> right. <laughs> Put <right>. that down. <laughs> Spend the extra $5. I think I, I had old granddad once in my life. I was like, I'm not doing that again. Yeah, it's not. For those <laughs> listening, if you're into old granddad, <laughs> this might not be the podcast the for you. The worse is old crow. Oh, I never had that. You know, I didn't know Southern Comfort was flavored. It's not bourbon. It's a liqueur. I didn't know that because someone, jackass, friend of mine, bought some, left it at my house, and I oh, ran out of options. Awful. So I'm like, oh, I guess I'll try this, and it was terrible. It's like syrup. Yeah. We, it went down the drain pretty fast. Yeah, that stuff's terrible. Yeah, it's not a whiskey. No. It's, it's just- It's a liqueur. Yeah. It's, a, it's it, like a syrup. That stuff's awful. Yeah. So the- But- um, <laughs> Sorry, no oh, segue here. I was going to say, uh, speaking of um, first times, I don't think, because I've done this, th- this will be my third time now. I yeah. don't think we've ever talked about how we met. Yeah, yeah, that's a good place and to how go. how you were like my bridge into making it, basically. I don't know about that, but okay. <laughs> I think so, yeah. <laughs> so uh, for anybody who doesn't know, um, who's uh, you know curious about how I met Sean, um, I've known him for... Since I was 20 years old, I yeah. was at cons drinking with you before I should have been. <laughs> Isn't that what you're supposed to do at cons? <laughs> I think so too. <laughs> um, we were, uh, I was at SCAD in Savannah and um, I was a second year student and uh, I was taking the curriculum and I'm, I'm not a fan of SCAD Savannah. That's no secret. Yeah, I'll, um, I'll back you on that. Back me on that <laughs> as an ex-teacher as well. Yeah. I liked Atlanta where you hooked yeah, me up. I like, liked Atlanta too. You guys are great, but, but Savannah. But when I was at Atlanta, Savannah made my life hell yeah. plenty of times. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I was going through classes and I was, it was okay. I was kind of bored because I'd finished the assignment quick and um, I needed more. And I realized that there were these comic book clubs. And, you know, my job as a student was to take every opportunity I could. And I remember seeing signs for uh, uh, some kind of hangout session with you. Yeah, it was like the graduate students were going to attend mm-hmm. a comic book club, and I yeah. don't know if it was a portfolio review or a workshop yeah. or it was, something. It was just all those things. Yeah, yeah. And you were on Resident Evil at the time. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that was amazing because I had never met anybody that was on an image book. Um, it was Wildstorm. Oh. Was it? It, it was DC at the time. It was, they had already been purchased by oh, DC. Oh, okay. You sure? Yeah, I'm positive. Dude, oh, okay. I, I, DC paid me. Yeah. All right. I guess, I guess that works. <laughs> uh, so I went to this club and I didn't know anybody there and I showed my stuff to uh, John Lowe. At the Actually, time. wait a second. I Maybe think they, they were still purchased yet. I don't think because I remember later on, like a year or two later, they made the purchase. I think you're right. Yeah, doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Okay, go ahead. Oh, oh I, I, my stuff at the time was like a a mix of Travis Ture meets Mike Mignola, which are two very opposing styles. Um, I didn't know a lot about storytelling. But uh, John saw my stuff and he's like, hey, Sean, get over here. And you were looking at my stuff and you were, you liked it. I mean, you could tell, he told me that this is obviously Mignola, this is obviously Travis, but there's something here. And we started chatting it up. Yeah, you were in there. You were definitely in there. I was, yeah. I was in there. There's Watterson too, but you were in there. Yeah. It wasn't like you were just copying. But you, you, uh, like, what are your influences? And I said, well, I I don't really read a lot of comics. Um, We started talking about Shawshank Redemption and... Batman the Animated Series, which yeah. you were both like huge fans of. And you were telling me like that's because the storytelling there is above and beyond. Like yeah. you're responding to storytelling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you laid it out for me in a way that none of my professors uh, ever did. I, I don't think they can to this day. No. <laughs> Sorry, John. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we chatted up and you're like, oh, we got to take you to a, a convention. And I go, what's that? Oh, this is show right. in Orlando... And, uh, yeah, MegaCon. We were going to MegaCon. I had no idea what a convention was. I didn't know they existed. And, uh, you know, I went with you, two cars, you, me, and some of the best talent yeah. to this day. Andrew Robinson, yeah. Chris Bruner. Yeah. I think a guy, Rico, was there. Rico, yeah. Um, that might have been it. But we ended up at like a Tim Townsend party. Yeah. Every year, and I think I've talked about this party on the podcast a little bit. Every year... Wizard Magazine, this is when, before they were Wizard Conventions, Wizard right. Magazine would send Tim money to host a party at his house. So oh, they I, would, thought, I thought he paid for that just because he's a rich bastard. Um, I, I'm pretty sure Wizard, I mean, Tim c- kicked in him sure, himself, but I'm pretty sure Wizard sent him money right. to host it, and that's where the food came from. Right. And maybe Tim supplied the alcohol. Right. Um, hmm. But so every that. year he had this party, and it was an invite party. And he, he was a good 20 minutes from the convention center, which presented its own problems. Yeah. Getting there, but... Oh, at least once, 20 minutes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then once you were there, I mean, his house was like a fucking comic art museum. Yeah. I thought that he left all the statues. He had every statue, every 18-inch statue yeah. you would ever imagine, just out everywhere. Yeah. And I thought it was, oh, his poor wife. Um, but I think they only decorated that way for the show. Cause she doesn't, be. she doesn't live that way mm-hmm. 364 days out yeah, of the year. Yeah, but I wonder, cause I, like, Tim was the, the big dog inker during the boom. Yeah. So he was making good money, I'm pretty sure. And, yeah. and that might've been like, his wife might've been like, you're a rock star, dude. Like, yeah. You're killing it. I don't know if I, my no amount of being a rock star for me <laughs> would allow my wife to put my sweet sweet Punisher statues <laughs> inside the living room. <laughs> maybe it was for maybe maybe so, but anyways, it was full of statues. Yeah. I remember when you walked in, there was a double page 
spread Joe Mad X Men that Tim inked. Yeah, I remember that. That I remember looking at leveled me. Wolverine's arm hair. Yeah. I was like, God damn, that is some thin line. Yeah, line making. I just remember looking at those pieces of art. A lot of Chris Pacello, Joe, all the stuff Tim inked, mm. and it, it was like, yeah, it was perfect. Yeah, he had a Travis Teray inked poster. Yeah. Uh, he also had been collecting for a long time. Right. So he had Mignola back in the 80s. Right. And so he would pull out his portfolios right. and let us Like big, round, around. bubbly Mignola yeah. from 1983 yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And I'm just this, I was 20, and I never, I'm just blown over. I'm meeting all my heroes. I don't know what to say or do. And you, you told me why you invited me on the road. You're like, listen, the reason you're here is because you're a normal dude. You're not going to geek out. Like, that's the kind of guys we want to <laughs> hang out with, so... Don't make us look bad. <laughs> Did I say that? Don't. Essentially, I'm boiling it down. <laughs> that's, that's what I heard. Um, and I remember Tim, who was like six foot five, by the way. Yeah. He's like a linebacker. Yeah, I remember yeah, yeah, yeah. meeting him in, in his uh, stairwell on the way back from the bathroom. He's like, hey, how you doing? And I'm like, good. And it was this brief pause. And I go, I'm not anybody, man. Like, I don't even know why I'm here. I'm a friend of a friend. Like, you don't need to know my name. And he's like, Okay. <laughs> And uh, fast forward to 10 years later. Yeah, I was just going to do that. And uh, I saw, oh, I know Tim well now, yeah. but I said to him recently, that, you know, I met you back in 2002 or 2001. Yeah. No, it was 2000 because it was yeah, pre-9-11. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he goes, really? I was like, yeah, I was at your house and you know, you don't need to, you don't remember me. And, and he goes, what, tell me about it. So I said, well, I ran into he you. He remembers, dude. And uh, I'm like, I told you not to remember me because I'm really nobody. And he pauses and he's like, I remember that. <laughs> yeah. No, he remembers. Yeah. He tell to this day he'll be like, I remember pulling out the portfolios and right. you and Sean Murphy and Chris Bruner. That's crazy. Like we were all kids, yeah. like wanting to get into comics and yeah. he remembers all of it. What he doesn't remember is that I broke the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> no, I made that up. <laughs> yeah, I'm stunned. I mean, I, I meet people five times before I remember their names sometimes because these shows are such whirlwinds. Yeah, I'm bad at that. So when, when Tim nailed it that fast for, for a guy who I was just a ham and egger. Yeah, back no, then. he's Tim's a genuine dude. He doesn't like say to himself, is this person worth knowing? And then he then he doesn't move. need to. Yeah, yeah he but he's just to. a nice guy. I mean, he's just like he's. But and then when then when he turns around and gets a commission from you, it's like a like a passing of the torch. Yeah. It really means something. Yeah. Like I remember he got a Batman from you. I remember he got a Batman from Bruner years ago, and then then he got a Batman from me. And I was like, this is mm. fucking. This yeah. is awesome. And the whole his whole crew tended to be people that. I, I like or I can I can hang out with in comics. Yeah. They, they don't look like comic pros, whatever that means. Um, I think we were talking about how uh, Survivor, which is a big thing back then, that TV show, and about sports and cars and lifting weights, yeah. stuff you don't talk about. Stuff it. Tim talks about. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I was lucky to fall in with you and those guys from day one, basically. And right. all I had to do was like, Look at MegaCon and I realize, oh, you go up and meet editors. Then later we're going to find the the party, the hangout, and mm-hmm. then you network. You walk away with as many emails as you can. And I would like check in with you and be like, all right, I met this guy. I got his phone number. Yeah, yeah. We all Should I email that. him? You're like, yeah, don't talk about it at the party. Like, right. we're just here to relax. Don't do not bring your portfolio to the party. Right, right. And uh, I was quick to, to get it. Yeah, and, uh, you were. You were. And that was, I think, without that, I don't know if I would have gone from SCAD to comics. Like, SCAD was great because it's a catch-all for people that want to do what I wanted to do. 
Yeah, you know, I had a, someone come up to me today at, at the show in Boston. He's a Savannah student. He's currently okay. a junior. Him. Did you meet him? Yeah. And he came up to me and he was like, hey, you went to SCAD? I was like, yeah. He's like, was it worth it? <laughs> and I was like, well, there's yes and no. I was like, I was surrounded by some incredible talent who and people who were driven to do it. So we formed a crew mm-hmm. and we pushed each other right. and we we worked for it. My professors, other than probably James Sturm, offered very little in terms of practical instruction. Yeah. And so, you know, I was like, was it worth the amount of money it cost me? Mm-hmm. Good God, no. Yeah. But I, but I... It was my, it was my, it was the option I had at the time and I made it work. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, they did it right by planting a flag and saying, you can spend money and get a real college degree. You can do work on comic books and you will get college credit, which will make your parents happy. Yeah. That's what we offer. And right. then they did really nothing helped beyond that. Yeah. For me, providing the environment was all I For needed. me, it was, I can get an MFA See, I was trying to get into comics before... Uh, I already had a bachelor's degree. And I was trying to get in, and I was just flailing. Like, mm-hmm. uh, the first con I ever went to was San Diego Comic-Con, mm-hmm. when it was small. Yeah, And that was the first time I heard of Will Eisner mm-hmm. and his textbook, and Scott McCloud and his textbook. Right. And I remember I went back and I read through all that material, and I was like, wow, I, I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah. And uh, I did, I went back the next year and I had improved, but I was like, I, I, I need to learn how to do this. This mm-hmm. isn't just drawing cool shit. This right. is storytelling. Yeah. And um, I was like, all right, this is going to take a little while. I need to have find a way to have a career because this might take a lot longer than I had anticipated. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, teaching art is a valid thing because I'd already been like a camp counselor at an art camp and I had I, I had it in me the ability to teach and I was like I could teach some drawing I, you know I had a bachelor's degree so I was like let me study comics and earn an MFA at the same time so that I can teach while I per- continue my pursuits yeah so well, I yeah. got something out of it I mean I taught for 15 me years you helped me out I mean you were I so after the show, I mean, you, I came over to your house, uh, like once a month just to yeah. show you my progress mm-hmm. and I'd show you my assignments and, um, you'd give me books to read. You gave me novel, like Nick Spillaney novels. Yeah. And I gave um, you movies to watch. Uh, Chris Ware gave yeah. me yeah. Kyle Baker. Yeah. Gave me the right stuff. And you said, you said to me once, cause I would come back, uh, and show you these things I was reading and you're like, you're reading all these kitty comics. Like you're looking for genius in the wrong place right it's, uh the the stuff that happens is going to be probably in in indie comics underground stuff that yeah. just tends to be where you find those ideas yeah, don't like, eat don't eat mcdonald's if you want a steak mo- yeah and yeah. i there's a price for mcdonald's and if comics is mcdonald's i get it but like trying to infuse but when you're learning protein, when you're studying the medium yeah 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 I mean, there's some. I think the art in mainstream is was way better than oh, indie. without a doubt. <laughs> and, you know, but you we knew that we already than... knew the artist stuff. Yeah, but we had to study the craft of right. of pacing and and right. composition and page design. Right. So I remember I uh, I 
I was in class. I was a senior. I was so bored. I won't mention the professors because they, they might, their students are probably listening to this. Um, and uh, I had just read through a book called uh, Comic A Perspective for Comic Artists by yeah. uh, David Chelsea. Yeah. And I went through that, and that book is like NASA yeah. engineer level, like, <laughs> more than you'll hard, ever need. I know, I know. That's but I went through book. it because I'm like, I, I want to see if I can do it. And I did. And uh, in that chap, one of the chapters was like the perfect, the way to draw a perfect uh, cube with two perspective, uh, double two point perspective. And I learned exactly how to do it. And it's, it's a weird trick to it that most people don't even know about. So the next day I'm in a Paul Hudson class who I liked Paul cause he was an amazing illustrator. Yeah. 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 Whether he would, should be teaching comics. I don't know, but right. I knew he was one of my favorites. And, uh, he said, I, there's no solution to draw a perfect cube and the two vanishing points. If anybody can figure that out, like you get an A for the semester. So I sat in the back of the class and I tried to remember what I had learned like the night before. And I went back up to him after class and I said, Hey, I, I can do this. He's like, okay. And I showed him and he was like, just blown away on, on day one. And he's like, all right, well, I guess you have an A for the semester. And, uh, he goes, uh, I go, does that mean I have to, have to, I have to show up every day for this? And he's like, yeah, you probably should. And I go, well, does that mean like I whatever you're about to teach, like generally I probably know all the stuff you're about to teach me? And he's like, probably. I'm like, fuck. Because <laughs> the math for me was it was $90 a class. Yeah, yeah. yeah and uh, yeah. did I ever walk out feeling like oh, I got $90 of information? Yeah, never. Yeah, never felt that yeah, way. Yeah. So I attended all the classes and uh, I did all the assignments just because uh, it seemed like the right thing to do. And then in the last uh, final assignment, he wanted us to do something that seemed very unnecessary. So I didn't do that. Was that the sculpture? Maybe. Yeah. So I skipped that. And uh, I go up for my review the last day and he's like, why didn't you do your sculpture? And I said, oh, I just didn't feel like it. He's like, well, well for, I- for reference, let me explain <laughs> what this assignment is. <laughs> okay. Because okay. it's the most ludicrous assignment I've ever heard of. Does, you, Paul, he, does Paul still work there or no? I think he got fired. All right. I guess that's out there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Go ahead. You used to work there, not me. <laughs> um, he would have you sculpt the human figure from the inside out completely, every bone, every muscle, and no flesh. And as an artist, as a scientist, I can see the merit in that. But as an right. artist, what we have to understand is how these things affect the surface. Right. It's it's basically teaching someone algebra so they can do simple addition. Right. Right. It's, so it's a ludicrous assignment. Yeah. So I didn't do that. <laughs> and uh, he's like, well, I, this is a problem. You've been one of my star students, and uh, what am I supposed to do here? And I said, you can give me an A. <laughs> Did and he you goes, why? And I go, because of that first day, I showed you how to draw a cube correctly. And he's like, oh, yeah. And that was it. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I definitely gave him some shit for it. And uh, Well, took- if you were a chick with a cute ass, you would have got an A anyway. Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> they, I remember once Bob... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Back, back pedal. There was a guest they had who uh, loved to go to strip clubs, and um, he was paid for to by, by Scad Savannah to come. They put him up, they bought him food, did portfolio reviews, you know, whatever it is they call that event. And at night, he would go to this really skeezy strip club over the bridge, over the bridge. Yeah, yeah. and uh, he took this girl 
who's a student with him once, just like, oh, I'm going out to dinner. Do you want to come? And uh, she was kind of a friend. Uh, and uh, She was a friend of yours. Friend of mine, yeah, sort okay. of a friend. I think she... I don't want to go into that. Mm-mm. But uh, he came, uh, she came back and she, I was like, hey, how's it going? I, you, know, you went out to dinner with this guy. Uh, and she was The crying. guy was an artist? Yeah. Okay. I'll tell you after. Okay. And uh, he, she was in tears. And uh, like, what happened? And she's like, oh, he's just really creepy. He took me to this strip club. I felt so uncomfortable. Like he didn't do anything, but I just feel so stupid. Like, why did I go? And I was like, ah. Uh, Man, you know, and not knowing what I know now, I absolutely know what I would do. But when you're like 21, yeah, I mean, yeah, I gave yeah, her a hug yeah. and told her it was fine. If she's <clears throat> okay if she needs to go to the police or administration or whatever. Mm-hmm. And from what I gather, I don't think he, I think he just made her really uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah and obviously yeah. you're there as a 50 something guest that people admire. And when you start hitting on girls in your line, or people that admire you, you're a fucking asshole at that point. For sure. Yeah. And if he had done something actual actually wrong i'd be saying his his name right now <laughs> right 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 but as far as i know it, i can talk to her again but i don't think it was anything i mean she's just really uncomfortable but what was the you were getting somewhere with this um or maybe not no just uh some of the stuff that went down at that school is mm. questionable oh god yeah oh my god yeah they actually invited me to come back for a uh, gallery and um, recently or the other time in the, la- in the last month really yep and I said they invited uh, you down to do what they wanted uh, to do an event for uh, people that have graduated you know alumni and um, uh, I think that they wanted to me to bring my stuff and if it's sold they were going to take half and I thought I find it interesting this? they didn't reach out to me, but go ahead. Well, they reached out to people who were. You're right. They I'm should've. alumni. They should have, yeah. But they, they would never. Out, they would never reach out to me. They reached out to another friend of mine who she also graduated recently. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and she just didn't even answer. I answered and said, "I'm not doing it. And here's why." And I listed my list of grievances, and their SCAD is not set up to like uh, take care of like customer service. Basically, they're like, "Oh, sorry, you feel that way. Bye." Yeah. <laughs> What was it? A professor in the department that reached out to you, or someone in like their PR department? Someone in their PR, I think. Okay. Yeah, and I, I told him like I'm not coming back. You guys tried to blacklist me from coming to the school. Uh, you uh, you tr- trash talk me to your students. I've met a lot of your students. They seem nice. A lot of them are afraid to talk to me because what you know you claim me as your you know successful alumni or whatever, and you don't invite me back. And I understand why at this point, but dude, yeah, that's. That place is fucking insane. I mean, <clears throat> I'm a yeah. successful alumni. <laughs> you are, man. If you want to go, I don't want to go. <laughs> I'm sure I can. And I would have said no, but <laughs> it just it just backs up a lot of what I've thought about how they view me there. Yeah. Well, I think the president is being investigated by the IRS right now. I hope so. You heard fucking that? Fucking take yeah. no, I didn't. There, there's take a, her Google down. This. So Paula Wallace, if you. Uh, there's some stuff in the local paper. I just heard from someone downstairs that uh, the city forbade her from buying up any more historical buildings 
with her. Uh, Dude, that is some corruption going yeah. on. Her historical preservation society is basically an umbrella or like a, a fake front for her to be able to write off all this real well, estate you investment. Well, you know, when I was at SCAD, when I first started there, there was two businesses. There was SCAD and SCAD Group. Mm-hmm. One was a nonprofit school. The other was a for-profit organization. Mm-hmm. They would use the nonprofit school to bring money in, shuffle it over to the for-profit, and avoid taxes. Right. And at that time, there was some investigation going on to the point that I believe they closed down SCAD Group mm-hmm. and just went nonprofit. Right. Or separated the two further. Mm-hmm. But I'm really happy to know that maybe they're finally yeah. getting on it. Yeah, she's me. She is the most highly paid president of any college yeah. in the country. More so than she makes like a lot more money than the president of Columbia or Harvard. Oh God, her bonuses are online. Yeah, I mean, I remember my my departmental budget. I I had built one of the most successful departments. I mean, not I alone. We had built one of the most successful departments in the school. We, yeah. ha- we had the lowest. We started with the lowest enrollment for the major and turned it into a real success story. Your program was great. I, you, had me, you flew me there twice to teach, yeah. and I still have friendships with those students. That's great. Yeah, and the way you were doing it was right. Like an event by in Savannah was a creepy affair with like professors schmoozing with students and yeah. just tackiness yeah, yeah. and just not cool with you. I mean, you were friends with your students, but there was, there was certainly the line there. Yeah. They were students. We were professors. Yeah. You were guests. Yeah. We went out to dinner. They were not anywhere near us. No, there was yeah. no drinking with them. Right. Exactly. Well, so they gutted my department. Like one of like the two years before I left, they gutted my budget. Right. Where I, I, I could like all the things I was doing that were working were basically taken from me. And you and actually, all your professors were literally working professionals. Absolutely. That's what I told Savannah, the student today. In Savannah, they claim that, but half of them are not working. And uh, it doesn't count I'd if you're, most of them are not if you're doing a Kickstarter, you're not a working professional. Right. Right. So th- they gutted me, and then that same year, it came out in the news that the president had given herself like a million-dollar bonus, a bonus. Yeah. And I was like, why is my department getting gutted so she can have a million dollars? Right. And that's when, that, that was like, that's when it started getting to me to the point where like, I got to get out of here. Right. This place is not going to change. She's, she'll pay the price, though. I hope so. Well, right now, I have a lot of Twitter followers. I'm doing Batman. I'm an alumni there. I'm shit-talking her currently. Uh, you used to work for the school. Yeah. And now there's a lot of students who are 18 who are looking to go to college and they're going to hear this. I'll bet that you and I, over the years of what we've said, have taken $200,000 out of their budget. If, if, you, if you have convinced one person not to go there, yeah. you've taken over $100,000 exactly. out of their So if yeah. you talk 10 students out, that's a million dollars. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I've talked certain artists and creators from working with certain publishers before. And if this publisher knew that I took millions of dollars out of them. <laughs> but I've never <laughs> talked them out of Atlanta. I've talked them out of Savannah. Yeah. And, but I've always said... <clears throat> Look, the amount of money you have to pay to learn to do this, and even when I was a teacher, I said this, doesn't justify. 
Because you're never going to be able to pay your loans back yeah. as a comic book artist unless you're one of the lucky few who really hit it. Right. But if you're so driven and passionate about this that you're not going to listen to logic, which mm -hmm. was me, right? then that's why you belong here. Right. And I'm going to do everything I can to, to make sure you have the knowledge to succeed. Right. These loans are going to haunt you till the day yeah. you die. But the cost of SCAD, if you're paying as much for Harvard, when you spend yeah. that much, you're you're expecting to be hired at a job that pays three hundred thousand a year to start paying off those bills. Most people who get a job, if you get a job after SCAD, do not make three hundred. They most of them go home to mom and dad. Yeah, here's the here's the statement, <laughs> and this is the sad truth about art school. If art school only existed for those who are going to have successful careers in art, art school as a business would fail. Right. It could not sustain itself on the few amount of people yeah. that would be attending. You definitely need, and that my my realization, and I was an arrogant student, um, and I, I'm like, oh, I'm going to obviously go somewhere. I'm not going to stop doing this. And all these people in class who are not, obviously not going to make it, they're just paying bills so that I can be here. Like right. I'm absorbing the best of this school while 90% right. of these people are just going to go home to mom and dad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of them were children of wealthy parents who these kids had no direction uh, in sequential art specifically. There were video game kids who just like to sit in their basement, and play video games. And mom and dad were like, Oh, we'll go do something related right. to the stuff you like superheroes and video games. And yeah, it was like a novelty. Yeah. Yeah. I'm happy to hear. I mean, so Klaus Jansen is a good friend of mine who teaches at SVA, which is a school I would, if I had kids, I would send them there. Sure. Um, and his students are 50% ladies. Would you send them to a, an art school? Like That's a different debate. Yeah. Okay. Because, I mean, I'm at that position now. My daughter's a sophomore in high school. Yeah. And I, I'm saying, I've straight out told her, I, art school, no. Mm -hmm. And I think college is pretty ridiculous right now. Yeah. Um, I mean, she wants to be an artist, so... There's yeah. a much better way to approach this. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, mean, I can help you get an internship right out of high school, and you'll yeah. be working while these people are building debts. Right. Or go to community college, get two years of an education, exactly, and yeah. then go start working in the field. And if you ever want to finish a degree, you've got two years down. You can do it right. at night while you're working. Honestly, yeah. We bought this big house, and we're fixing it up right now. And I've got these contractors. Trying to get an electrician in Maine right now is impossible. No one under 65 is going into electrician I think this is a problem in the country. And I might, if I had a kid, I'd say... I know you think daddy's cool because he draws comics. Probably not. But uh, <laughs> you really should go, you should be a plumber. You should be an electrician because when the zombie apocalypse hits, like those jobs are going to be needed. And Those jobs are, are definitely needed. And, and that, that's a, that's you a make good, good money. career, man. You make man. good money, man. Mo they make the, most, 50% the, of artists in comics are no poverty line. No trade is dead. Every, yeah. Look, we live in America. Everyone wants to make millions of dollars and, and sit on a boat all day. Like, right. They want to drink champagne and, and wear expensive clothes. Right. But and watch The Bachelor. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I would uh, I, I would try to talk my kids into, I can teach you art on the side. I have connections. Let's try to find a roundabout way to not spend all that crazy money in art exactly. school. Exactly. If you want to go to community college or like a, get a business degree or be an engineer, like yeah. I'll, I'll pay for whatever you want. But I would hope that you would do those things. Right. Because well, art, art comes on the side in a way. What I did was I enrolled them this summer in schoolism. 
which is an online schoolism. Yeah, it's 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 an online art school that is run by professional animators and concept artists. Right. Names like Steven Silver and like just a ton of people right. who work doing the shit. Yeah. And it's ten dollars a month. God damn. Yeah. And classes are like six weeks long. Mm-hmm. Um. And so I I I said to I enrolled them both. I said to my daughter, if you're serious about this, show me how serious you are with this class. And I signed them up for a fundamentals of drawing class. Mm-hmm. It was a six-week course. They did it over probably two months. Cost me 20 bucks. Yeah. They learned more from that than $90 a class at SCAD. <laughs> yeah. But, and I'm looking, and they have a very thorough, lot. I mean, Eric, Eric turned me on to Kennedy because he's done one of the courses. Mm, yeah. Like he's taught one. Um, and it's an impressive thing they have going on. So yeah. I would much rather send my daughter to yeah. community college and keep her going in schoolism, and she's going to have a portfolio to rival anyone coming out of an art school. Right. For sure. Yeah. I think that's a good plan. I mean, I, well, I think the future of art education, yeah, it's not in an accredited institutions. Because right. honestly, how many people that we know have, have high school diplomas, let, right. al- like, let alone college diplomas. Right. Like Adam Hughes didn't go to art school. He's self-taught. Yeah, yeah. And I think it, essentially we're all self-taught in the end. Because I've been yeah. teaching myself for 15 years since I've graduated. We, and we teach each other. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I understand the, uh, the need for college as a catch-all for people not to waste their life for four years. Like, like you want to grow up and be an adult a little bit. College is a safe fish environment. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. But that, that's an expensive yeah. daycare. <laughs> that is. You know? God, dude, that's beautiful. That's brilliant. I'm going to steal it and give you zero credit. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. But the, I mean, my wife and I stay up at late, stay up at night late having these discussions and I'm like, I'm not spending a hundred thousand dollars a year so that they can yeah. go to 13th grade. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you were a doctor, a lawyer, and you need to go through these steps, that's different. That's way different. This is art. Art is. <laughs> I respect it a lot, but I also disrespect it a lot. And it's the wild west. It, it, I respect do the it, best but it's not. <laughs> I mean, culturally in America, it's not. Uh, it's not incredibly important. So you and I had a discussion last night. Yeah, on the fence of being a, a, a major. Dis- major uh, disagreement about how important art is. Yeah. And I felt like you were pushing towards art is very important. I, I do feel that. And I was pushing towards art is not important. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so do you want to re- reenact that? Sure. <laughs> I think art is... is It's one of the most important things. I, I, I agree with you. Science and, and, and all that stuff is equally as important, but art has a role in developing cultures and pushing cultures forward a very unique and important role it's not right. the only one right but it is a very important one right i i get i agree with that i guess what i would say is i think that people overemphasize the importance of art i think that societies change with engineers leaders politicians money scientists and i think art is amazing but art mostly designs their letterheads See, I, I, I feel very moved by an Enya video <laughs> or whatever the hell moves you. I love art, but let's get real. I can draw a spaceship to the moon, but we're not, it's not actually taking you there. 
I can right, but first the drawing had to exist for the yeah, reality. Yeah, that's to fine. Happen. But then I'm out of the room, and then you have to bring in real men and women. Right, to so do it's the a real... part of the process. But you take out the visionary, and the right. engineer is left is lost. I feel like last night you were not as uh, refined as your current argument, which I agree with your current argument. You were a little all over the place last night. Well, I had a lot of wine. Yes, we did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah talking about Enya, raving up and down about how <laughs> art is so moving in these moments and whatever the hell. What did I say last night that was so different? I oh, said, oh, you're all, uh, oh man, I'm getting it mixed up between our discussion about artists versus writers and arts. Is art is useful at all? Um, well, it, okay, it, as I was <laughs> off the rails a little bit on my side, you were off the rails on your side. <laughs> oh, I make the rails, baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I... Uh, I admit, I admitted last night, like I constantly divided. I have one foot, I, I come from, my parents were in the business world. I come from that way of thinking. The way I talk about comics, most people are not ready for because most artists don't talk, they don't talk about um, ROIs, return on investments, stuff sure, like that. Sure, sure, sure. I, I get that the way I come across is sometimes people would say intimidating. Sometimes they say I'm an asshole or soapboxing, but... I understand, like I'm the minority here, but I I understand where the suits are coming from in, in these in a lot of instances. Sure, I love art. I respect what I do, but I don't expect anyone else to respect what I do. And I, I also you don't want you don't expect people to just say you're an artist. That's amazing. That's a silly thing. Well, I I get that they they don't understand why my perspective, drawing perspective or line work, makes sense. They don't know what I know, so they can't break down why what I do. Is no, but I think what what they see is, and this is something that it's, it still kind of wows me just looking at art that artists have, have basically trained themselves to do something with their eyes, their hands and their mind that is just impressive. Right. It's just an impressive thing to see a really well done drawing that has a unique vision behind it. Right. It's, it's an impressive thing, or, or a sculpture, or, right. or a movie, or a book. And right. I, th I think those are impressive yeah. things that people who don't have that in them just look at, like, how the fuck do you do that? Right. The same way I look at, like, like for example, last night, Jeff, mm -hmm. the way he broke down the bill in a matter <laughs> of seconds... <laughs> To me, was just like, how the fuck do you do that? Jeff, Jeff is my uh, friend, and he helps me sell art, and he's an accountant. Yeah, he's an a credit accountant. Unit, and he is just, uh, he's a computer on two legs. Right. So yeah. the same way I look at that, like, <laughs> like just blown. How fast he did. He's a human calculator. Yeah, no, he is. I couldn't believe it. That's a Jeff M. Art Sales at uh, Jeff M. Art Sales. <laughs> <laughs> but so the same way I look at that, people look at what we do. I agree. And I'm, I'm yeah. not saying it's better than. I think that's right. the mistake people make is, is people think it's better than. Right. It's just different than. Well, I, I, I love it as much as I can, but I also, at the end of the day, I'm drawn. I'm in an industry fueled by giant muscular men in their underwear punching each other. <laughs> There's people in North Korea under oppressive regimes, and, and sure. here I am doing this and with okay. a, a way bigger house. Right, but like, art is more than superhero comics. Not to me, <laughs> <laughs> but what I mean, you could you could definitely yes. I mean, art can change cultures, right? I agree, 
But I guess the the my, the constant uh, divide division I have in my head is like I love it. I don't expect anyone else to love it. I respect it, but I have a giant amount of disrespect for it too. Because at the end of the day, it's just comics. Like, okay, I, well, you have a disrespect for the way the medium's being used, but it can be used very differently. Right. Like when I read uh, Palestine by um, was that Joe Sacco? No. Oh, uh, uh, um, did I read that? Yeah, I don't know. When I read Palestine, that that's an important piece of modern art. Right. Where basically the cartoonist, why can't I remember his name? Was it Joe Sacco? Maybe it was Joe Sacco. The 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 cartoonist went to Palestine mm. and spent a certain amount of time right in Palestine interviewing families who lived there mm-hmm. as a journalist. And telling their stories in sequential format. That's the best possible thing that this industry. But the comics can, can do that. But that's what I'm saying. That's comics beautiful. are capable. But I don't. Yeah. I don't see that as as more important than you are here by Kyle Baker. It's it's socially uh, has a has a a message and mm-hmm. and has it it has a a purpose. Right. Kyle Baker's "You Are Here" is strictly to entertain, right? But it entertains on on a on a really nice level. Well, I I, I don't know if it's more important or not. I will say that the more researched it is, the more uh, earnest it's created. Going there and actually interviewing most comic artists don't like to leave their their basements. <laughs> I think it becomes more important to me because you're going way outside of your comfort zone to produce something. For probably very little money, you know, on spec, uh, just because you're trying to inject some current events into art, and like that's the way it should be done. You can't run an industry that way. But I love ask, that he did that. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. So then, all right, with punk rock Jesus, you had a social message to to tell. You had, right. you had something to say. Right. And sure, you find ways to say things that you want to say with something like Batman, right? White Knight. And you're talking to me earlier about what you're going to do next. Mm-hmm. Why don't you get involved with something that you feel is really important? It, since since you have the financial means to do so, mm-hmm. instead of just getting into genre fiction, right? Why not? do something that right. you feel is important. Well, I think that I will, but for now, the best move for me is um, to, en- if, if uh, comics is fast food, if Batman is a juicy cheeseburger that people are used to eating, I'm going to inject a ton of protein and nutrition okay. in- into food that, they, that they're not ready for okay. and use it as a conveyor of ideas they may not love at first, but I, I think that it's important to do that using Batman as the conduit. Yeah, no, that's a good argument. Sure. And uh, it's there's some self-interest too, because if I can get these readers into my stuff, I can bring them with me Sure. when I go back to Image and write about stuff I do think is more important. Okay. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, though, I, I do think comics, it just, for me, it does better when you have flying cars, superpowers. Like, there has to be a sci-fi element in it for for me to want to read it, and it can have a lot of deep meaning. Did you read Palestine? Not yet. 
You should. I will. Maybe I, I think will. you're going to think because there. <laughs> what got me to read it was um, the one teacher that that really impacted me at SCAD was James Sturm. He gave a whole class where he broke down this um, torture sequence, right? Where this Palestinian was tortured by Israeli soldiers, mm-hmm. and he broke down how the artist, the choices the artist made, and what they're doing, and it, it was pretty mind blowing, right? Um, I, I mean, yeah, I like es- I like escapism fiction. Mm-hmm. I enjoy that, and I, I'm not saying one's better than the other. Right. Um, I don't. I'm not going to say comics work better as escapism, but I I think there are comics out there that are absolutely not escapism that are great, and then mm-hmm. there's comics that are pure escapism that are great. Right. Out there. Well, I, my my most favorite stuff to read. In my early twenties to, to mid twenties was all drawn and quarterly type stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a book called Jar of Fools. Uh-huh. He did a series after that called Berlin. Yeah, and uh, yeah. that's amazing stuff. I love that stuff. No one reads that stuff. People. That's not true. People. Well, to, I know what you mean. People do read it, but it's not potent enough. It's not getting spread out enough. Okay, but but let me let's let's talk about that. Are the art are the musicians who are really challenging the the medium of music, who are really pushing boundaries? Mm-hmm. Are they the top ten? They never are. Are but, the movies like that the top ten? No. I mean, Britney Spears is Britney Spears. Right. But I I feel like there's a way to do both. You're right. There is a way to do both, and, and there are artists that have done that. I and, mean, and it's so hard to pull off a project that does both. That that's a right. I agree, and there, the in a, in a perfect case scenario, right. you're able to do both. So I, I mean, there are directors that do both. Right. There are musicians that do both. Right. I, I so a, a book like uh, Berlin or a book that does that, I loved it, but I don't think that's ever going to be the mainstream. And, sure, and, it's and, not going to be. So I would say, if I was that person's PR or manager, I'd say, is there a way to do this with? Um, guest artist or a, a hero can we want can we slightly water it down can we make it slightly more fast foodie right to appear to the but more people i think and and that's i like that thought and i think you're smart in that works for you but to place that ideal on someone like if i think about palestine to say you should have wrapped that up in a fantastic four story of course that'd be insulting to no no not just insulting jews everywhere no not not that it's just that's not who they are. Right. No, I, I understand. No, and I, I've, I've learned a lot. I, mean, I see artists that I, I look at them and I'm like, man, I would, if I was in their shoes, I could get them more of this, more money and more respect and better this and that. But I, I just have to come to the fact that a lot of artists to do what they do and that's all they're going to do. And yeah. that's just how they're wired and you have to live and let live. Right. But when I look at books that I think are great, like um, Berlin, uh, and I, I'd love to meet that artist one day. Um, but I, I wish there was a way to, to translate that into a more popular. But if you even did that, you would be like turning, you know, an amazing unknown band into a Steven Tyler album that betrays the art that they created. I get it. I would be curious to see you attend SPX. I you never went to SPX, did you? I don't think I no. Small Press Expo. It's yeah. in Washington D.C. I went one year. And it was one of the most unique 
and pretty inspiring experiences that I've had because mm-hmm. here you've got a side of the industry where there's almost little to no concern. It's just we're doing what we want to do right. because we want to do it only. And we're experimenting with the medium of comics out of a love for the medium of comics. There's just, there's, I don't want to insult anyone in it by saying there's not a concern for money. I mean, of course you want to figure out a way to make it, but they're like artists to the extreme end of the spectrum in comics. And to see what they were doing and what they were producing, they were, they were really involved when I went in the art of, handmade bookmaking like mini comics but really mm-hmm. making the book itself a piece of art it's it's an inspiring thing to see yeah um i think your gut reaction at first would be like these people aren't making any money this is stupid no one's reading these how are you going to mass produce it right yeah but they're not interested in mass producing it and so i mean then what's it worth in their little cocoon of, of safety and uh, what's, you know, outside of their cafes and... Uh, but they're not looking to be a top 10 artist. They're not looking to be on the pop charts. How nice to not have to take a risk and put yourself out there like that. I think they're taking more of a risk. Look, look, look. Black <laughs> Flag wasn't trying to sell tons of records. Right. And that's what they're doing. I mean, look, they're, they're doing punk rock. They're doing it just because this is what they want to do and they love doing it and they, they're just into that. I get you, but my, my marketing brain can't, I might enjoy it for, uh, you know, a festival of like, like a Renaissance right, fair. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm not saying you should be that way. No, no, no. But I, I'm my, just saying that my business brain kicks in. It's like, if you could just compromise 10%. And mass produce these things. Keep the words, the art, all the same. I you agree. Could reach ten times. But many can't people. you respect the fact that they don't want to compromise at all? But that's what leads to the whole like poor struggling artist phenomenon. And like, well, they're poor and struggling. A lot of them because they won't take the the, the make the choice the because to get they're out of there. so passionate about their vision, right? That they're gonna stick to it. Yeah, I mean, look, I I'm not arguing you. I'm just pointing out another side but of if it. No one because reads I, it, I am wired it? more like you than them, obviously. Right. Because of the work I do. But if no one reads it, what's it really worth? Well, if you're, you're saying no it, one, but well, they're, people they're read it. it. It's just a smaller it, audience. They are doing it. A lot of them, I would argue, they they're doing it for their own ego. Is they want to control it to make it handcrafted and have their their grandma knit the cover <laughs> of the whatever they've got going, and you know. With uh, grain-free, non-geo string <laughs> on the spine of the book. That's amazing. But if people aren't reading it, then what's your message really worth? You're doing this book for your own ego, which is fine. Or they're doing it for the 10 people that really enjoy it. Okay, your 10 friends at your, uh, well, not friends. At, at your they, spoken that, word shows. They might, in, they in, might have an audience of 10 people. That's, that's fine, but it's just I would rather conf- have them compromise... 10%, just a little bit, and then mass market it and get their message, which I love their message, right. out to a ton more people. Sure, sure. And I know a lot of artists that would like this, and they would not be able to handle that. Like, knowing that a thousand people read their book would keep them up at night. Like, they have to create small batches just because yeah, that's I mean, all the, they're able to handle. Right, okay, there might be some truth to that, too. I just, I would like to inject more business sense into comics overall, and I'm constantly I, I, triggered I think, by bad uh, but business I sense. I think 
that's good. I think comics does need that. Did you see the Bill Finger Batman documentary? No. On Hulu? No. It's called Batman and Bill. Do you have to ha- like pay for Hulu or is it on free Hulu? Because uh, I don't pay for Hulu. Okay, well, you well, I, I should. Have a, I have a Fire Stick. Well, I got I got Sling instead of Hulu. Uh, so, long story short, it's about the Bill Finger getting credit he deserves. Yeah. Uh, the guy who produced it, I think he wrote a book, and in producing this documentary, he had the funds to like push this through, and it follows the case of Bill Finger getting credit from DC Comics following his life through his um, son, who was gay, who died young, who had a daughter. And the daughter was the only bloodline relative left of Bill Finger that ended up uh, being able to push push the agenda. But she wanted Bill, her, her grand, grandfather, to be recognized. And right. she wanted a little bit of money for his uh, great-granddaughter. And she, uh, long story short, she ended up getting it. But the documentary is just about that, about Bob Kane being kind of a villain. Right, And the whole escapade and Bill being Bill. Uh, It's amazing. But it, it, I wish you'd seen it because I I was ready to make some comments on it. But maybe we should wait until. I will watch it and then we can talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah, that'd be fun. (laughs) Put a pin in that? Yeah, put a pin in (laughs) it. Okay. It's really great. Everybody should watch it. It's, it's, It's insane. And it's funny because, I mean, I know a lot of the DC insiders who are characterized in that oh, show. Yeah. And I remember because I, I was always the guy at DC who was like, oh, you shouldn't say that, Sean. You shouldn't be so raw. Like, you're working <laughs> for a multi-conglomerate. And then the guy who was usually telling me that was the guy that triggered the anger in the granddaughter to get this whole thing started, Larry Hama. <laughs> so when I saw that, I wrote to Larry. I'm like, oh, Larry, you know, maybe you should learn to reel it in a bit. Like, I got to finally be that to him. <laughs> <laughs> But it's good. You should watch it. I will. I will. That sounds interesting. All right. Tell me how how it's called Batman White Knight. Yes. How that came to be. Um, I uh, was doing. I've, I'm being fought over by a lot of great writers, which I love. Uh, but I always wanted to go back to writing my own stuff. And uh, between uh, Rick Remender, Scott Snyder, and Mark Millar, uh, this just um, I had a lot of pull and, uh, I knew I wanted to do a Batman thing. I mean, Scott and DC have done so much for me without Scott Snyder, you know, vouching for me. I don't know where I'd be. So I wanted to do this Batman book with Scott. After I looked at my royalty checks from image, uh, and not everybody makes a killing in image, but we did right, right, right. between international and artist editions, whatever. Right. I calculated my page rate and I, as DC's rate was great. Uh, I was getting way more than most artists there, but it wasn't nearly as close as my image book, Tokyo Ghost. Right. So I talked with my wife and she said, you know, we just bought this house. You should just do your own stuff then. Write it yourself. Collect 100%. Right. Don't, don't pay Scott. Don't pay Rick or Mark. Just you're a good enough writer to pull it off all on your own. Right. What do you need Batman for? So I, I re, so I was set up to do Batman All Star with Scott, right. and uh, I talked to Scott in you know face to face in uh, in England, and I said, "Hey man, I'm sorry, like I gotta back out, I can't do All Star," and I knew he'd flip out, and he did. And uh, I said, "Well, it's just I know what DC is gonna willing are willing to pay me. I know there's a scale structure, and I don't even want to ask for them to match my image rate because they're just not gonna do it. I don't want to piss them off, so." I'm just going to back out. Um, and uh, I said the same thing to my editor, Mark Doyle. And uh, I've 
the the furthest I've gotten in my career over the years was when I was willing to do the walk away. I know, yeah. So this was another case of the walk away, but it wasn't a negotiation tactic. I, I sincerely meant it. Yeah. Like I've done two successful Kickstarters. I know what I could make publishing in France. If I just published in France alone, I know what I could make. You know what I'm wondering? This this is a pretty thorough story, I'm guessing. Sorry, you want to fill, no, 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 you want to get a refill? No, no. What I'm what I'm saying is, if this is a thorough story, we'll stop here, okay. and then we'll do part two. Right, okay. right now we'll do part two, but okay. we'll just have it as a separate episode. Okay. Do you want to do that? Sure. Can okay. we uh, refill our drinks? We absolutely can. All right. So uh, All right. I'm gonna turn this off, and then we'll come back next month for part two. <laughs> Bye, everybody. How many of us, how many of us, how many jealous, real friends, there's not many of us, we smile at each other, but how many honest, trust issues, switch up the number, I can't be bothered, I cannot blame you, for having an angle, I ain't got no issues, I'm just doing my thing, hope you doing your thing too, I'm a deadbeat cousin, I hate family reunions, fuck the church up by drinking at the communion, smelling free wine, now my tux is ruined, in town for a day, what the fuck we doing, who your real friends, we all came from the bottom, I'm always blaming you, but what's sad, you not the problem, damn I forgot to call them, shit I thought it was Thursday, why you wait a week to call my phone in the first place, when was the last time I remember the birthday, when was the last time I wasn't in a hurry uh. Tell me you want them tickets when it's game time Even to call your daughter on the FaceTime Even when we was young I used to make time Now we be way too busy just to make time Even for my real friends I guess I get what I deserve, don't I? Word on the streets is they ain't heard from them uh. I guess I get what I deserve, don't I? Talk down on my name, throw dirt on them couldn't tell you how old your daughter was Couldn't tell you how old your son is I got my own junior on the way, dog. Plus I already got one kid Couldn't tell you much about the fam, dog. I just showed up for the games, dog. Maybe 15 minutes, took some pictures with your sister Merry Christmas, then I'm finished, then it's back to business You wanna ask some questions about some real shit Like I ain't got enough pressure to deal with Please don't pressure me with that bill shit Cause everybody got them that ain't children Oh, you been nothing but a friend to me Niggas thinking I'm crazy, you defending me It's funny, I ain't spoke to niggas in centuries To be honest, dog, I ain't feeling your energy Money turn your kin into an enemy Niggas ain't real as they pretend to be Looking for real friends. real friends How many of us, how many of us are real friends To real friends, to the real end to the wheels, fall off. To the wheels, yeah. don't spin. Yeah, yeah. To 3 a.m. Calling. How many real friends? Just to ask you a question, just to see how you was feeling. How many? For the last, you was frontin'. I hate when a nigga text you like, "What's up, fam? Hope you good." You say I'm good, I'm great. The next text, they ask you for something. How many? What's best for your family, immediate or extended?
In the argument, the media extended I had a cousin that stole my laptop that I was fucking bitches on Pay that nigga 250000 just to get it from him Real friends eh? Real friends I guess I get what I deserved on a Word on the streets that they ain't heard from him uh, I guess I get what I deserved on a Talk down on my name, throw dirt on him